All neurological patients have issues with uh, falls. Um, it's it's not uncommon that uh, people fall. And with Squiz, now you have the the possibility that the the dampening uh, will will get you up again, or at least that you get in some sort of a controlled situation. Welcome to Let's Talk OMP. Let's Talk OMP is a box podcast for CBOs, technicians, and everyone who works in the OMP industry. We are providing the newest trends, best practice, and educational topics straight to your headphones. My name is Nicholas, and I will be your host for this podcast. And I'm an account manager for Autobox and been working with OMP for 10 years. In this episode of Let's Talk OMP, our topic will be C-Brace. And C-brace is a stance and swing face control autosis. And to help us get a better understanding of this product, we will have Christoph Kuspert from Autobach as a developer who can tell us more about the inner workings of the C-brace and, and what the thought process was behind making it. And we will have a CPO from Denmark. Uh, his name is Henrik Goskesen, and he has a hands-on experience as the first firm here in Scandinavia to buy and produce the, the newest gener- generation of Seabrace. They are one of the first workshops here in Scandinavia who has produced the Seabrace. And uh, the name of the workshop is Seva. And the uh, name of the CPO is uh, Henrik Goskesen. And hi, Henrik. Hi, Nicholas. And my name, as you said, is Henrik Goskesen. I'm working in at Service Headquarters in Copenhagen. Yeah. And, and uh, how long have you been a CPO? I've been a CPO for 29 years and I've been working with uh, nearly all products in the OMP area. For 29 years, that's that's uh, that's a long time, and 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 I know for from experience that many people that go into the OMP industry has, uh, it's quite a coincidence how they how they get into it. How did you fall into being a CPO? I think it was my fascination about the anatomic part, yeah, uh, the anatomy of the human body. So uh, I think that's the main reason I. I I thought about that. And we're going to talk about the sea brace. You are, you guys at Save are one of the first in um, in Scandinavia that produced one one of the new sea braces. So, yeah. uh, for first, how did you hear about the sea brace? Uh, I heard about it at the OT World uh, in Leipzig in 2014, and I was fascinated right away. Uh, yeah. And later that year, I was so fortunately to be uh, certified as the first CPO in Denmark. And and this is this kind of technology. It's more more for the for prosthetics. So so for for my part as well, I think it's really good that it's that it's now on a, on a KFO as well. So the orthosis users can can have it as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, yeah. I saw uh, that was the first version in 2014. It was a little bit big at that time, but uh, yeah. I, I thought the, the mechanics of it was was great. Yeah, to get the hydraulics into it and to get a, a bit more, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, for the patient to be be more uh, safe. I think think is the main thing here. The essential mm. part was the, the safety. Uh, yeah. For the patients, yeah, that was the main part. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, we, which kind of users are, are in your in your head when you think about sea race? I think about maybe a more younger or middle aged person that is. Uh, 
had some activity before and want to get back to that kind of activity again. I don't think about, as most of my patients are geriatric patients, and I don't think about them because that's an issue about the weight and, uh, and an issue about how to understand how the function works and like that. So uh, I think it's the younger and middle-aged persons I think about. But, but do you guys have many SEO patients uh, at the moment? No, not that quite many, but we had, um, so Magnus was the first, and then we had some couples who tested the DTO, the uh, diagnostic uh, tests of those is on, but but some of them didn't work. No. Um, so so Magnus is the one and only for, for the moment, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are, we are, I think we have, we have more in the, the future. Then we get into this patient that you have uh, successfully made a C-brace on. And, uh, and uh, can you give us yeah. uh, some background information on this patient? Yeah, as Magnus, he is the 26-year-old man who suffered a skiing accident on the French Alps back in 2016, uh, where he suffered an incomplete spinal cord injury. And that resulted in a right-sided disability and a minor left-sided disability. Yeah. Uh, and on the right side, um, he had a knee contracture at 8 to 10 degrees. I'll get back to that later, I think. Yeah. And a muscular quadriceps insufficiency and a drop foot. Yeah. And on the left side, he had a palsy in the calf muscles. So he was missing the push-off function. So, but, but the, the reason why, why you chose C-brace on, on this patient was because he was a young guy, right? Yeah, but yeah, it, it wasn't actually me who, who thought and, no, and suggested no. the C-brace solution for Magnus. Um, but due to the municipality's payment system in Denmark, Magnus was told to get a second opinion and uh, offer for the C-brace. And that was when I met Magnus for the first time. Um, and I concluded as well that the the sea brace was uh, the best solution for Magnus. Yeah. So he was it was another company who saw him first, and then he had to get another offer, an opinion, and then was that was when I got into the picture. Yeah, but but you didn't try anything else. It was uh, you you started right with the sea brace, or was it anything else you tried first? Uh, he had tried something else bef uh, before. He had yeah. tried the two systems of the SDO system from another company yeah. and another supplier, um, but that didn't work well for him. No. So I had just to get another offer for him and to uh, give him a second opinion about the C-brace, and uh, he was a candidate. So, And fortunately, he chose Sarah to be the supplier. So that was fortunately for us. Uh, and, and you said he had an eight, yeah. eight degree contraction in his knee, or was it the hip? It was a knee. So, so how did yeah. you guys figure this out when, when yeah. you were trying this, the, the tester doses on him? And we, we, used, uh, we, we made them tester doses first, and that was we took the cast without the... Um, and we had this certification, um, uh, what do we call it, course. Yeah, when yeah. We, when we used this, when we had to make this zebras for Magnus. And, yeah. um we we started before the certification course. We took the cast, we made the testosotus, but we didn't know that the knee contracted was going to be a problem. So we no. extended the knee as much as we could. Mm. That was about in eight to ten degrees, but that gave us some problems later on. Yeah, but so but, we, but I was just thinking, yeah. when, when did you try the DTO first on him, and and did that work? Actually, tried the DTO at another. Uh, oh, okay. the company, but we tried it as well on the certification course in Copenhagen. And that worked, right? 
that worked very good. Yeah, yeah very good. Yeah. Okay. So so then you made the yeah, test turtles yeah, yeah, yeah. and and uh, and th then you were going to make the 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 brace itself, right? And uh, and then you yeah. encountered some problems. Am I correct? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have some yeah. problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, first of all, we we just uh, we missed the 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 layup plan for the pre trade Yeah. In Denmark, we used we we choose to um, to manufacture the zebras ourselves, and we as other other Scandinavian countries we prefer the pre trade solution because we think it's it's easier to handle and the, the finish is nicer. Yeah. But I agree. We, we missed the layup plan. For the yeah. pre-break, so uh, we had a little problem. It wasn't strong enough the yeah. first approaches we made, and the knee contractor um, gave us some extra challenges because the knee function didn't work as well. So, mm -hmm. so we had to make a new cast. So, so you made the new cast, and and uh, and uh, Magnus came and, and tried it out, and and uh, and how how did he react when when he when it was made to him because I know the DTO can be a bit bulky and, and you don't get yeah. uh, the real sense of how it works but when when uh, when he got the, the produced ortosis for him how, how did he react to that? His first reaction was he smiled so he was uh, he, was, he was so happy and I have talked to him later on and he said he was just calling all of his family to say I'm walking again <laughs> so that was a great great experience yeah, it was. Uh, that, that's really that's a really good story to to hear. And and yeah. uh, and how do you think that will affect him in in his daily life to to get uh, some dysfunction back again? It has given him a more active life, uh, not as before, but uh, but now the wheelchair has the second priority for him. So um, he's, 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 he's has a great impact on his uh, on his life. Have you had him in for a? Uh, for a follow-up and, and see how it goes and how, how it works for him? Yeah, we um, we had him in for the rehabilitation part, but that gave us some problems. Yeah, okay. And unfortunately, it's been, it has been postponed due to the COVID-19 situation. Yeah. And uh, on top of this, uh, Magnus is studying for uh, occupational therapist, and he went through some exams, and he's been on internships, so it's been very difficult to get some appointments. So we are not uh, quite. Uh, we haven't quite uh, been doing all the work yet. But when you see him now, uh, as uh, before, he had the sea brace. Uh, what what are the results? What can he do now that he couldn't do before? Yeah, he can walk now. For <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> he, he, he couldn't. He couldn't walk with his old uh, case host before. No. Uh, he was stumbling all the time because the locking mechanism didn't work. Yeah. Um, from another supplier. <laughs> um, so now he can walk and he can uh, walk without uh, expending too much energy and he walks more safely. He can sit down, he can walk on slopes, he can walk downstairs. So, so that's a big change for him. And and now you have seen Mar Magnus using this and you see the benefits for him. And, and then I'm just thinking, what kind of opportunities do you see with Seabrace for future patients? I can see a lot of patients who's been, who's been using the SEO system, for example, who yeah. could be benefiting of this new SSEO system, the yeah. C-Brace. Uh, they could get more safety in the daily life. They could maybe get uh, 
they can walk longer distances and so forth. Uh, yeah, use the energy much better. But but do you and think they can even have a, a freer life? You know, they can walk in the nature uh, on slopes and some stuff that they couldn't before. The SEO system, you have to walk on even ground to have it uh, function all right. I'm just thinking there's there's so many patients, at least here in Norway, where I where I uh, do my daily work. And I'm just thinking just yeah. these locked cables, how many of those patients, I, I know, of course, not the 60-year-old or 70-year-old lady, maybe, that has been working with a locked cable for 20, 30 years. But but could we see uh, mm. some of those locked cables going over to a sea brace? Because they, they want safety, right? But could we maybe convince them to use a sea brace is that a possibility yeah a part of them could yeah but yeah. lots of the patients i have have um, zero leg uh, oh yeah, yeah sure they have yeah. no they have they are paralyzed in all of the leg yeah. they don't have the ability to 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 make some um, movements in the in the hip joint and then they are excluding themselves maybe there would be about the five percent of those we have today or something like that five estimate um, yeah, maybe five percent, something yeah. like that, who could be benefiting of the Sebrae system. But I think it would uh, we have to to take some patient in to test them, yeah, to see if there is some. Uh, we have to screen our patients to see which one of them could be a possible candidate for the Sebrae. Yeah, because that that's a that's a really good thing to, that you say because I think that instead of uh, just uh, not not thinking about this you can just take the patient in and try the the dto for example if if you have a yeah. if you're just if you're wondering if this could work but just call them in and, yeah. and try the dto i think that's a that's a good point so mm -hmm. so you can do do that more but uh, you were talking about uh, i was thinking about the rehabilitation uh, you haven't gotten this gotten to this yet or or do you no, have we're, some we're not we're not finished with that yet. No. We're still working on it. So, uh, but we had some obstacles on the way because of the yeah. COVID nineteen. And yeah, yeah, yeah. as I said, at Magnus, he was studying for occupational therapist and had some exams and some internships. So uh, it was kind of difficult to make some appointments. So, uh, but we're working on it. But do you think, do you think there will be an increased demand for this this uh, sea race? Do you think yeah. it's yeah, certainly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, first time we made one was in 2014. Yeah, you did one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the old version, but the municipality system in Denmark, who is going to pay for these doses, uh, they wasn't uh, willing to pay it. So, right now we have had the first municipality who is going to. The system in Denmark is a little bit different than other countries. It's municipalities who, which is paying for these uh, doses. Um, and and I would say right now we have just uh, started beginning to to um, to see that the municipalities is able to and willing to pay uh, for these kind of uh, aids. And that's a, a great benefit, I think. Yeah, because that 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 has been done for uh, or prosthetics for for some time, hasn't it? In Denmark. For a long, long time, yeah, for yeah. a decade or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the municipalities have to get used to this kind of new application from us, yeah. and that's uh, usually it's a long, 
long and hard way to go to, yeah. to get there. It was the same for 10 years ago with, this, with the, the prophetic things as well. Yeah, I was thinking about the, the manufacturing process because you talked a little bit about yeah. it, but, but how was it to make for, for uh, technicians? And I don't know how much you were involved in the pr production, but but uh, did they find it hard or, or was it was it? Usually, uh, usually in Denmark, the orthopedic engineer isn't involved in the pro production side. And um, that, that would have some orthopedists doing that. Yeah. Uh, a production person to do that, and I think they uh, they did right well. Uh, the first time when they missed the layout plan was <laughs> was difficult for them. Of course, they only had a video to follow, and yeah. uh, they couldn't see how many layers there had to be of the tree drag and stuff like that, uh, and what direction the the fiber was going to be put in. So, uh, so that was quite difficult. So, but the second time they didn't just quite right. So, uh, and I think they used about. A, 15 hours or something to manufacture the brace. It I, takes a while due to all due to all the layers here, but yeah. but today they will do it quickly, I think, because the, the first time is always difficult. But now that you think about the production part, how, how do you think about the certification part for it for Z-Brace? Yeah, it was a great process to be in the certification course, uh, and you get a lot of uh, a massive amount of knowledge. But yeah. if you don't use it, it will turn into it, it won't turn into uh, experience. It will just fade away. So, so it's about continuity to get some new patients, uh, and that we hope to get in the future. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just uh, just have to hope that uh, all this COVID nineteen stuff don't uh, hamper the <laughs> the new the sea brace yeah, uh, patients. Yeah. 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 And, the, and the same with the rehabilitation part. Continuity yeah. is always uh, a very good thing, but that has been difficult for us due to the COVID-19 year. Yeah, you know, the, these, these five steps you, to produce the, the C-brace. You have to examine the patient first. You have to test the DTO. Yeah. You have to make the test, the cast. Mm. Um, and as Falcon Smith, he said on the first podcast episode, uh, it's like building a house. Mm. If the foundation, if the foot part is good, the next level is not good. The next level of orthosis is probably not good aligned. I totally agree with him. Yeah. But it's also very essential to know which kind of surface you're building on. So the clinical evaluation is as important as the cast, I would think. We're talking about Seabrace today, and who better to tell us about it than Christoph Kuspert. So maybe you could introduce yourself, Christoph. Yes, hi. Uh, pleasure for me being here. Uh, as you announced, uh, my name is Christoph, Christoph Kuspert. Um, I'm the global product manager for Seabrace. And I'm accompanying the product already for uh, quite a while. So I um, was involved in the introduction of the first generation already mm. and also deeply involved, of course, with the um, development and the launch of the generation that is now on the market, the current Seabrace. Yeah, and when you talk about the first one, do you know what was the thought process behind producing that first version? What what was uh, the goal when uh, we were producing them? Yeah, uh, good question. So the, the goal was um, in orthotics, uh, there has not been much development for some decades, you could say. So that was still a very uh, traditional segment uh, of our industry. 
And uh, we have a lot of, or Autobock has a lot of uh, knowledge, of course, also in prosthetics. Um, and it was an obvious idea to transfer this knowledge um, from MPKs uh, and uh, to the orthotic side um, and combine it with our uh, biomechanical uh, knowledge we already gathered in neuroorthopedics. And so as uh, this idea um, developed more and more, we we did first testings and got the first generation Seabrace out of it back in 2012. Yeah. And how was, how was that? Uh, how did that work? Did it work good or just fine? Or was it, was it a good product? It's, uh, it was, uh, you could call it maybe a first mover uh, thing. Yeah. So we had, uh, there was absolutely no competition, a completely new segment um, and uh, nothing we can really, uh, we could really build on. Um, so it was a little bit uh, trial and error. The patient outcome uh, was always uh, already great um, but uh, we were struggling with uh, some issues due to size due to stability mm -hmm. due to sensor signals um, and we we found that out uh, during introducing that product and that already set the base for ah okay this is exactly what we need to develop further um, because it's it offers such great patient benefits yeah it really does and, and I as, as you said it, it was when I talked to some orthotic uh, CPOs, they they really said that they are happy to have some uh, some something that the the prosthetic CPOs has. They have some MPK joint now, and they they're really happy with that. So, so that's that's really cool, I think. And uh, when you talk about the C brace, so maybe people out there don't know how it works. So so maybe you can just uh, give us a little run through of how the C brace works and how it's intended to work. Yeah, right, sure. Um, so we have yeah. a number of sensors included. Um, so in that joint unit, in that Seabrace joint unit, and that's already uh, the first difference to the first generation where we also um, collected sensor signals or gathered sensor signals from the ankle um, and had a wire going up to the joint unit. Uh, and now all sensors uh, are included in the Seabrace joint unit, um, like so hydraulic force, acceleration, knee angle. Um, and so the, the system, uh, the sensor system always determines the, the current position um, uh, of the leg and uh, gets the, uh, or anticipates uh, what the user wants to do. Um, so, and by gathering all this information uh, inside the microprocessor, then the valves are controlled and you always, or the user always gets that exact uh, portion of hydraulic force that he always needs. So no matter if he's going backwards, forwards, if he's uh, walking faster or slower, um, the the joint unit will always know what to do and how to control the valves. Yeah, and then the the, <clears throat> the difference then between the, the new one now and and the, the old one. You, you mentioned those wires that went down to the ankle. Those were quite. I heard something about that that people didn't really like them, and and that is also why you have put all the sensor inside the the knee, right? Because it, it was quite a problem. Absolutely, that was a uh, that was an important step because you can imagine. So every wire um, you have to lay uh, in an orthosis, um, you always get get friction and, and tension yeah. on it, and that always uh, caused problems so it's just hard to take that under control uh, to get that under control as we're always talking about something that is made individually for one user it's not 
one one size one fit where a wire is uh, is uh, implemented it's always an individual uh, story where we're talking about and that made it very complex um, yeah. and this caused a lot of uh, reclamations uh, so that was an obvious step then for uh, also for r and d um, to include that all in the joint unit and get that under control yeah, so so how how much difference is it between now the the old one and the new one is it uh, in size uh, it's uh, you could say it's about one third smaller, and it, mm -hmm. it's also light, uh, lighter. So we're uh, slightly below uh, one one kilogram. Uh, so with just the joint unit, um, but so of course, so every weight uh, you have on your leg um, affects your uh, your energy level. Um, yeah. And but as the sea race is is uh, is quite narrow, and we have the also flexible uh, tibia element, we can get it to a very uh, anatomical shape. Yeah. Um, so that uh, that brought us to the point that of course weight is important, but we get it such close to to the leg that it gets a little less important. And as we are also are able, or our users are able to more walk more physiologically, and uh, mm -hmm. don't have this. Uh, this uh, special movements uh, to to, uh, to do the the next steps that also gets more relief um, and proves that they need less energy. So if we compare, um, for example, uh, with uh, with locked knee uh, orthosis, um, then it's it's a clear point we see in our energy consumption um, analysis uh, that with C rays, even though of course it's the joint unit itself is way heavier than just a locked joint unit, just by walking more efficiently, you need uh, less energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I've also heard that uh, from people that I've tested this eBay. So they, they feel that it's lighter than, than a locked K4 and they feel it's lighter than a, a K4 with a, a, a standard SEO orthosis because it's so, you, you walk so anatomically correct, as you say. So, so it's, it feels lighter than it seems. <laughs> and that's, that's really a good thing. Absolutely, and it really uh, it, it, it's hard to de describe, but but somehow it's obvious. So because yeah. you need a lot of um, energy, if you always have to think about the the next step or uh, watch the ground for obstacles, but if you are just able uh, to walk around without thinking what could happen uh, the next second or the next minute, uh, that really uh, brings down your your energy level. Yeah. And then, what are the most important features of this uh, sea brace um, for the for the user or the patient? Yeah. So the the most important feature is uh, is bending under load uh, and and safety. Um, so yeah. this let's start with bending under load. For so for the first time, uh, you can sit down uh, equally. So uh, maybe that you, one leg is affected, uh, you can sit down uh, absolutely evenly or also if you're affected with bilateral legs um, of course that's also possible uh, you just go down you can walk downstairs ramps uh, so uh, you can walk uh, over obstacles so you don't have you uh, put your leg down to the ground in uh, ex extension and so that what makes it such physiological, and there's also no special angle where you just have this uh, safety. It's it's just always there. So the uh, the flexion resistance um, is already active during swing phase uh, extension. So means also if you if you stumble, and also able-bodied people stumble every day. Uh, so this just happens, 
And then with Seaworth, you can just, you always know that the, uh, the flexion dampening is there and you can rely on it. And this directly needs to the, uh, to the next uh, point, which is safety. So you always have a safe systems. All neurological patients have issues with uh, falls. Um, it's, it's not uncommon that uh, people fall. And with Seaworth, now you have the, the possibility um, either to uh, that the, the dampening uh, will, will get you up again, or at least that you get in some sort of a controlled situation so that you're not uh, just have a free leg and fall down uh, all of a sudden, but you go down uh, slowly and you still have some, some time maybe to grab a chair or uh, to, uh, to put your hands on the table to stabilize yourself. Mm. And so that really also brings down fall rate um, and consequently also uh, gets into the situation of having less fractures. Yeah, it is. And, and, and I really think about one, one of these patients that I've talked to and, and he has said that just to take a step behind to open up the car door, for example, that, that is something that has really, uh, that we uh, take for granted in, in the daily life. And, and he can now take a step behind to open up the door and he couldn't before. So, so that's also because he feels safe with the sea brace. And that is really, uh, really cool to think about, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> that, that people, yeah. I, 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 absolutely, I absolutely agree. Uh, so uh, another uh, great and important feature, which we also didn't have with the first generation, is this, uh, yeah. as you mentioned, this the walking backwards. And yeah. we have it every day. It's, it's in the kitchen. So the, just the, the step backwards when you open uh, the door of your cupboard or whatever um, at the car, we have it every day in so many situations. Um, yeah. And now you're just safe and don't think about it anymore. And, the, and that is so... It's so uh, interesting to think about that. We take these things for granted, but when people just can take a step backwards, that helps them so much in daily life. And that's, that's something that we, we really appreciate as, uh, as we fit this on, on the patients and stuff. And they really like it. And, and just to, to bend down your, your legs to pick something up from the ground and don't fall over, that, that's also uh, with the yielding function that you can just... Uh, bend your knees and, and pick something up and pick up your granddaughter or your daughter or whatever. And, and that's also something that we take for granted, but, but these people regain that functionality. Absolutely. So it's really, it's yeah. uh, getting back uh, quality of life. And it's also, it's, yeah. it's a little also connected to the, uh, to the adaption uh, period. So for example, yeah. people who were, uh, who had maybe locked systems or also stance controlled systems for, for mm. quite a while, they, they will need some adaptation time, especially yeah, locked yeah. systems, because they yeah. have to get back this feeling that they really have to be safe. So it's, it's a matter of training. Um, of course, in the beginning, it's not that everybody has that from, from the very first minute, but everybody can get it with some yeah. training and we have uh, great support and physiotherapy is also always a key element um, that you really get used to the system. Um, yeah. And we have a lot of experience already with that. Yeah, and as you say, the, the SEO systems, as uh, at least where I work here in Norway, we have some of the workshops they have been using this. That you have to walk, be able to work with an SEO or process before you can go over to the C brace. And I think that's a really good point to to think about that you have you need to know how to extend your knee to get that uh, release before you can go over to a series that's at least what they've been thinking about and, and I, I really like that thought to be honest um that is true and um of course on the other hand it's also um 
it's it's a good proof. So most likely, if he's uh, if the user is able to work with an SEO system, he will also be able to work with CBase. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the and and then the adaption is is easier. Um, yeah. So you uh, you you get your maybe also you get your patient more active first. Um, or try to, to stabilize him to do some exercise and then in the end he really benefits from Cebris. So it's of course that's a good step but also on the other hand um, so I wouldn't say that just SEO patients would benefit of course there are a lot of uh, no, no, no. Uh, lock patients so it could also be a step starting from there. Yeah yeah, but just to get in the movement that, that's what I'm thinking about you, you get in that uh, movement to, to know that you have to extend your knee to to be able to to get that release and that that's from when you go from a locked system to a to a to seo or 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 a brace then you need to to bring your mind around to that you have to extend the knee in the when you're walking and, and that's not easy for everyone absolutely true that yeah. is not easy yeah 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 so but but uh, then i was thinking about something the the patients what, what kind of patients are are we we looking at for this is it uh, active people young people is it uh, old people that has been working on locked system for for years or, or what 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 has been the patient group that we've been focusing on with this so Basically, we're talking about neurological indications. We're talking about leg paresis um, or, or flaccid uh, paralysis, and we have different user segments. So we have this, uh, maybe also this uh, traumatic cases, which are often also younger patients who really uh, try to, uh, to also break boundaries. They want to get back to the level um, they have been walking before, so maybe before the incident. Oh. And on the other hand, we have um, elder users. Also, we, we still have um, a lot of uh, polio cases we, we are covering. Um, of course, this is a group that is always getting smaller and smaller, but we still have this group. Um, yeah. And of course, they are greatly benefiting um, of, the, of the safety issue. And there's, especially with an indication like polio, um, where safety is key. Um, and if... You trigger them with C-Ray. So after a yeah, rather short period of time, they will just rely on that and they will never get back uh, to another system. So that's what all our uh, units um, uh, tell us and what the also the, the fall rate proves. So if if a polio patient once falls uh, with a device, uh, he, he will lose his, uh, his belief uh, in, in the yeah. system. And uh, yeah he yeah. most likely will, will not with Seabrace because he gets those benefits. Yeah, and, and I, the first patient that we fitted in Norway was, was a polio patient. So, so as you say, it's a, it's, a, it's a group that's getting smaller, but, but they are still there. And, they, and when they get used to this Seabrace, I think it will be really beneficial for them. And, and I was also thinking about, if, if you have, do you have some patient stories that have stuck, stuck with you? That you have have seen, or, or are, are you able to to be to be with some patient with uh, on fittings or, or and stuff? So that is the nice part of my job as Cebus Global Product Manager, so that yeah. I'm in contact with a lot of uh, patients. So uh, we have some that accompany us already for years, um, also together with with R and D through the different phases, and and they uh, they. 
or some of them they got a, a certain maturities or they got the whole journey with us they started yeah. with uh, with locked systems then as we introduced emac uh, they were our first uh, emac uh, trial patients and as we developed C-rays, uh, they were the first ones to grow with us um, and uh, test the the, the C-rays. And you could really can really observe. So on the one hand, they they are more now getting friends uh, than just yeah. uh, the patients. So there's really a close connection, uh, also on a private level. And on the other hand, you could can see how people change um, or how yeah. such system can. Uh, also changed their their mindset. Uh, so I have, uh, have one user. I'm thinking about one user that is uh, Wolfgang. Yeah. He was uh, he was really uh, struggling. He, he's also a polio candidate. Uh, he was a little struggling with his uh, situation. Maybe also a little bit in in depression. And also his uh, how how he looks, how he uh, how he's moving, how he's observing, what he's doing right now is. Uh, hundred uh, percent change to what he's uh, doing maybe 10 or, or 15 years before. Um, so we're really accompanying from a, a more or less shy person to now somebody who is traveling. Of course, in the current situation, that's not a no. thing anymore. But uh, basically, who is traveling the world, who is taking yeah. care of his uh, grandchild, uh, who is always mighty, who's absolutely active, who got back to work. Um, and so that's, that is life-changing. Yeah, it is. We had the Wolfgang here in Norway as well. And he, he is, uh, I wouldn't know if that he was uh, a shy person before, to be honest, he, he stood in front of, uh, around 50 people here and had a, and walked for them and talked for them. And, and, uh, and that's also a really good point that you get your confidence back. Yeah, and he wouldn't have done yes. that 10 years yeah. before. But now, as he is just, he's uh, not observed anymore as somebody uh, who is uh, disabled. So he has, he says, uh, I have a cool device. Uh, so maybe some, some children or somebody ask, oh, uh, what is that? W what are you walking around with? Um, but sometimes it's it's invisible. Although, of course, it's, yeah. uh, it's a bigger device uh, than, than many other devices uh, out there. Uh, but as you're walking straight, you don't have this hip hike anymore. Um, you just put your head up. Uh, at first sight, sometimes people don't observe it. And they also, they they hit you if you walk in, in the crowds because you're not yeah. seen as somebody uh, who is disabled or as somebody who no. could take care of. And that's the, the greatest relief for everybody because everybody wants to be same, wants to be equal. Yeah, 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 of course. And uh, <laughs> that that's also a really good point that uh, you, you get, you feel more more like everyone else and that's either even though you have a have a big joint on you you feel like everybody else because you can walk normally yeah so, so that's that's really good and now i'm just thinking about we have gone through all of this and and i i think how hard is it for for you guys at r d to get the new product through how much testing and and how many what you have to go through to get the c race uh, approved and to, to be able to use it on on people? Uh, so from an R&D perspective, that's always a, a long way to go. Um, yeah. So that is, we're always talking about years of uh, development time. Uh, so between five to seven years uh, for such a product, um, a lot of testing. At first we do everything uh, on a verification level. So everything is tested, uh, all components, all parts, of course, the whole joint unit itself on 6 million cycles. So mm -hmm. that's way more than we do for um, 
for our uh, standard NEO segment where we do 3 million cycles. So that really reflects a, a high quality uh, standard we are seeking with Seabrace. And on the other hand, then, of course, we do a lot of validation. So uh, that is really testing together also with the CPO because uh, it's not just the joint unit. It's also a manufacturing technique behind uh, and, uh, of course, also with users because in the end, we develop a product or we developed a product that somebody has to use. Um, and in the end, the users have to tell us if we have the right product and we have to make that sure. Yeah. And then, uh, and then you come to the how how to produce it. So how how is the most common way to produce this? You use so uh, I, I know we use prepreg and we use lamination, but but uh, is there something that you would recommend to use? Would you use lamination or or uh, or prepreg? There is no really first choice. Um, no. I could say so. Um, there. It, or at least uh, it depends on the on the country and on the uh, so I, I couldn't uh, judge uh, for, no. for for the for the whole world it's really it's a little bit based on on the standards um, and on the, the also on the general training standards uh, of each country and in some countries wet lamination is more common and in some countries they would always rely on pre-break pre-break yes. is the technique we started with um, also the first generation series was exclusively produced in, in pre-break. Um, and now we offered this, uh, the second option with uh, the epoxy resin, with the uh, autopox, and uh, which all, uh, also proves uh, same same benefits. So it's really, it's based on the equipment also of the facility of, of the um, OMP. Um, and then it's an individual decision. Yeah. And now it's two ankle joints that you can use. You can use the tangle and the unilateral one. Yes, uh, so we yeah. just uh, released the combination with uh, the next gear tango ankle joint yeah. um, in bilateral use. Um, same as uh, we had before with the 17LA3N. So that's yeah. the, the other joint you can use bilaterally. And we have a unilateral uh, serious ankle joint, which is just exclusively uh, used for that system. So yeah. the 17AO100. That all depends on weight, right? So it's... So you, you don't need to just, or, or do you need to use that big, uh, or the biggest one, the 20 C-brace joint, when you use it unilaterally? So we have, we have a weight limit. Uh, so basically the C-brace is uh, suitable for patients up to 125 kilograms. And we have a further limit uh, at 85 kilogram. Um, so up to 85 kilogram, you could use uh, the next gear Tango or the 17LA3N in yeah. size 16 um, or yeah. titanium version um, and the unilateral joint that is just one joint uh, which can be used up to 110 kilograms yeah that's good and i also wonder how, how has this uh, how has the seabrace been perceived around the world is it uh, uh, where is it sold most is it sold most in europe or us or or somewhere else so basically, uh, US and uh, Germany are currently the biggest markets. Um, that were also our focus markets where we introduced the system because there we had most of the experience also with the uh, with the first generation. And then it was an obvious step also with uh, so as we talked about the uh, 
the history and also the issues we had with the first generation then was an obvious step. Now, okay, we uh, we got everything included now into a new, new joint and, and start all over. So that's uh, that's most of, of these sales, but it's a product that we are not limiting uh, to just two countries. So meanwhile, we offer series on every continent, you could say. So from uh, Asia Pacific to Latin America, um, so we have uh, facilities enabled worldwide uh, who are CRIS certified and we get fittings from all over the world. Of course, on a way smaller level because there's yeah. no country um, where we have a, a standard reimbursement in oh. place. So it's always an individual decision um, and it also it, it takes time. We're still talking about a new technology, a new segment with also no scientific evidence uh, existing before. So means we also, we have to develop the, uh, all the studies yeah. and this takes time, but, yeah, yeah. and we're talking about a similar story than prosthetics. We also, everybody <laughs> now standard of care is, uh, is, is ceiling or is a microprocessor controlled knees. And of course we are working on to get this as a standard of care as well. Yeah. But, but uh, I, I understand that, and I, I really hope that that is how how it goes. Uh, but but I also thinking about how how has people perceived it? Are are people happy? Do they seem happy with the product? Is that the feedback that you have gotten? So uh, the feedback we receive uh, yeah. is that patients are extremely happy with the product. So it's okay. it changes their life, and but it was the same also uh, most of the time with the first generation. We had patients who had to send in their device for maybe uh, five to eight times in a year. Um, imagine if you bring your uh, car to the garage five to eight yeah. times a year, you would leave it there. But they said, okay, it's a, it's a, the product is not really mature, but once it's working, it's such a great benefit. And we're talking really about a, a very, uh, with a not, uh, or not market specific, maybe the, the right quality level with this sensor signal issues with the knee angle, um, so we were talking about the first generation product and already within that status, people said, wow, the, the function oh. is amazing. Hmm. And, oh, that's so cool. and it, it, that is really cool. And of course we yeah. could stabilize this now with the, uh, the uh, with the current generation and people, once they get, they get the confidence, uh, after some training, uh, they don't want to give it away anymore. No. But, but have you then used uh, the customer feedbacks to to, produ to make this new version that, that we have today? Is that based on customer feedback or, or is it something that has been developed uh, solely by, by you guys? No, that is really uh, based on uh, customer uh, insights. So we are yeah. always uh, working together. We always try to have an uh, ear on the market. And we had a very controlled launch um, of the first generation and we went back to the customers who really started uh, with it and also tried to, believed in in the first generation already and they said okay if we want to be successful we have to change this or we have to adapt that and we incorporated um, everything and got now a, a smaller a lighter uh, easy to use also for the cpo with a, a simple tablet uh, app so mm -hmm. it's it's not a a complex infrastructure uh, you have to uh, to put around anymore um and I think we we did a pretty good job um, as a company to get that product out in 2018. Yeah, I totally agree. It's uh, it's a really nice product, and uh, something that we have forgotten to to mention is is really the the tester roses because that is also a 
a huge benefit for for this uh, this series. That if you, yeah. Uh, the the test orthosis uh, that's for me sometimes the the hidden champion uh, behind that new product, because for the for the first time we have a a device in place uh, which of course not represents how the stingrays will behave in in daily life, but it's it's the first eye opener. So it's a test drive uh, that the patient uh, could have. So he gets into that uh, multi-adaptional device. Uh, so that's a one-size-fits-all system with with different shells, and also in the end, there's a Seabrace uh, attached, of course. And the user can try how it feels uh, to bend your knee under load, how how to walk around. And also on the other hand, uh, the CPO can check: is the patient able to initiate swing phase? So is he really a Seabrace candidate? So we get proof on the on the one side, and on the other side, uh, we get some also some proof for the for the patient uh, is that really something i want to have uh that's something i really benefit in the future or, and also in the end something i maybe have to uh, or want to fight for yeah and this is also uh, i also have uh, been talking to some patients about this and i need to also reassure them that it, that it would be smaller than the testosterone because they <laughs> they get an eye opener when they when they see the DTO for the first time because it, it's big but that's because it's uh, as you said it's a one size fits all but then we need to to reassure them that when when it's made for them it fits them more in in their leg and and how in their anatomical structures and stuff so 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 that's also a thing to consider or <laughs> to be aware of that it's it can seem a bit big, but that's because it fits everyone. Absolutely. So that's really yeah. management of expectations. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You need to need to be be able about uh, to think about that. So, but uh, now, uh, Christoph, I think we have talked about a lot of a lot of stuff. And what I'm really curious about is what's what is the future of Seabrace? What can we expect? How? What's the the next step? <laughs> That is an interesting question. So, of course, we always uh, we still have the the ear on the market. So, also every uh, user feedback or every customer feedback uh, that gets uh, that of course is is gathered and and uh, gets into our table. So we're collecting all that, and of course um, there will be a next generation or a facelift or a redesign. So there will be something to expect. Not we're not talking about uh, the, the next one or two years. So it's still a longer period to go. But of course, so expect, uh, don't expect too much maybe um, on the size, but on the further fun on further functionalities and uh, more easy to use, maybe new also new manufacturing techniques, which makes it even easier to to implement uh, in, in the workshops. So there's there's already a lot of ideas around. Also, we can do the the testings uh, maybe a, a little easier, and yeah, but. In the end, I, I, I cannot, I cannot uh, tell too much. I, I just can <laughs> tell that we have an ear on the market and um, there will be good, uh, a good uh, next step. But that's still some yeah. time to go. Yeah, yeah. But as you said, it's, it's, like, it's around the six to seven years to get something uh, approved. So, so then we have to wait six or seven years maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get a new version. Yeah. Good point that you brought me yeah. uh, down to that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how it is. But I uh, really have to thank you, Christoph, because this was uh, really good. And I think we have a lot of things that people can listen to and uh, and learn more about Seabase now. And uh, again, thank you really much for this. Yeah, thanks, Nicholas, for having me here. Um, yeah. That was fun. 
And with those words, we say so many thank yous to Henrik Goskesen from Seva for his brilliant insights on this episode of Let's Talk OMP. And we also have to thank uh, our global product manager, Christoph Kuspert, for his uh, brilliant uh, insights as well. If you want to know more about OMP, visit our site in your country and click on Academy. These sites are being updated, so please be patient. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you haven't done it, please give us a rating on iTunes. Talk to you soon.